Yay, this is Noida. We're talking about Noida. Which means witch in Finnish. I've learned by looking at the wiki of the game. This game has a lot of... This game is pretty much just <laughs> Finland. Like folklore. Um, you noticed... Uh, I don't know if I can check through here. Yeah, like let's check progress. Look at the name of some of these enemies. Alchemisty. Alchemisty? Okay, so that's an alchemist. That makes sense. Snipuhisi. Snipuhisi. That's a sniper. That makes sense. But like, look at this. Heikko happo Julieska. How would you even pronounce this? I don't know. We're going to have to get Pixie to guest on one of these because I feel like she could help us with this. Shh, shh. <laughs> Hey, welcome to Arcade Militia, a podcast with the best opinions and the best takes about the media. I'm your host, Jackie, joined by my beautiful co-host, Steph, and today we're talking about roguelikes. So, this game is a, a roguelike game, and uh, do, you know, do you know what that term even means? I was just about to ask you that because I see it thrown around a lot, and no, I am not familiar with what that entails, except for the fact that they all seem to be side-scrollers. <laughs> well, a lot of them are, but that's that's a, that's a just a correlation, not causation. <laughs> Being a side-scroller does not make it work like. Oh, okay. The idea is that they're based off the original game called Rogue, which is a really, really old game. I'm not even sure if it's DOS. I think it might be before DOS, maybe? Like an arcade game? No, 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 no. It was still a computer game. Arcades came uh, after DOS, I'm pretty sure. Like, this was, like, back in the days of making games in BASIC, I'm pretty sure. Which are, like, imagine a game more primitive than DOS games, you know? Like, barely any graphics. Rogue, actually, it's all text. So, it's all, like, all, your character is represented by, like, an at sign, right? And enemies are represented mm -hmm. by like other like you know characters, and walls are made by bars, and the floor is made by dots. It's like that kind of game. So it's like basic doesn't begin Don't to cover it. Don't you have a box of those in your office? <laughs> I have plenty of them, but we're not going to discuss about that right now. I'm not going to talk about the shame of my past. <laughs> going to say I thought I thought I distinctly remembered you having a discussion about how your wife was ready to divorce you over your old game collection. That's neither here nor there, though. We're talking about roguelikes, and we specifically we're talking about rogue. And the idea with Rogue, the idea of Rogue is that it was a game that you're meant to die. And now, if that sounds similar to other games that are coming out, is because it is. A lot of games have taken uh, inspiration to that approach. Uh, games like Dark Souls have been coined in such a term, and now we have even the term Souls-like because it kind of fits the bill for for a roguelike, but not quite because you don't lose everything when you die, just your currency. And in Rogue, it was pretty much like that. It was a relatively short game, but it was so brutal and difficult that you would die and then you'd start over. The difference, though, that it made it a roguelike, I guess, <laughs> even for a rogue, it was the fact that every run was different. You started with different equipment, different stats, the level would change, positions of enemies would change, and each run was unique. So you didn't really carry anything over from from one playthrough to the other except your knowledge. So it's one of those situations where like, hey, if I if I do an oil spell and then I do a fire spell, everything is gonna burn and I might die. And 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 then you do that and then you die and then you learn, okay, maybe I shouldn't do those back to back or perhaps there's a a smart way to do it and I can use that against my enemies. So that's like the progression of the game came from you dying and learn from learning from your mistakes. Um, 
that being said, the game was really difficult and really rough. And since you're supposed to die, that is like the sort of game where like there's a lot of deaths that feel wholly unfair. Like if a goblin like a mile away decided to use like a, a grease spell and then a fire spell and it would blow up and you just happen to be in the next room, your character would just explode. And it was, a, you know, game end and you have to start from the beginning, even though you actually didn't even do anything. Mm -hmm. Like that was the computer working behind the scenes. Um, so yeah, those are what roguelikes are. They are games where you don't really get anything from winning or doing anything except your own knowledge. And the game always changes. And you can't really become good at the game, so to speak, based on like map knowledge or anything like that. You just have to rely on your senses and your game skills and what you have learned in the past runs. And Noida is pretty much like that all the way through. The One of the things I do enjoy about Noida that is a, a bit different from other roguelike games is just that there is really no timer. You can really just take your time, which makes your inevitable death all the more annoying when it does happen. Because you can spend 40 minutes in one level and then all of a sudden someone somewhere decides to fire a spell <laughs> and it explodes everything and you had nothing to do with it and you just die. But that's also kind of the beauty of it because sometimes that happens in your favor and uh, you just get really lucky. So Noida's rogue-likeness comes into like play just from um, levels changing and equipment changing and that's pretty much so it. So since you've been playing video games a lot longer than I have and, and know a lot more about the history than I do. Um, would it be fair to say that like these roguelike games were maybe a precursor to us having like triple A titles now where what decisions you make kind of impact the ending that you're going to get? Yes and no. Um, you see, it was, I think part of the idea, at least from back then was more to have different ways to complete the game but have like the same ending mm -hmm. because you're just kind of expected to like, like I said, Rogue was not an, an incredibly long game, you know? And the same with Noida. Noida is like, it's not that long. Like it has a lot of content, um, but what makes it take a while is just because of how brutally difficult it is. And the fact that you really don't save right. anything from run to run. So I think perhaps it was more of a way for them to like, just um, get more player time because, you know, like, yeah, you can mm -hmm. buy, um, you know, like the the Dizzy game, which is like the little egg point-and-click adventure game, which is really fun. Um, but that had like limited playtime because, you know, you're playing Dizzy, which is like a, a point-and-click adventure, a little egg game. And it's eventually you're going to learn which things to combine with which thing to get to the next point. And then that's it. That's the game done. You know, you spend your $30 and that's the whole game. Whereas with something with Rogue, it's like every time you play, it's like you're going to have like a completely different experience. So even if you beat the game once, you're like, well, what if I try to beat it this way now? You know? I think that this really um, speaks to the uh, type of player that they were trying to draw in, just for the simple fact that if I was fairly new to gaming and I played a game like Noida, I would put it down and never come back. Because <laughs> stuff like that that seems to like not really have a uh, a way for me to get around it and kind of like make the world work for me it's extremely frustrating but then for someone like you who is a lot more tactical and is a lot more of a um, the type of thinker that they're trying to reach those are the people they're like yeah once i get them to spend money on this they're gonna keep coming back this is replay value right here 
So I would not have been the audience that they were looking at. <laughs> That's even an interesting concept to even bring up because I feel like, at least back then, when they were making games like these, I feel like uh, it was like a bit of a Wild West situation. There was no really such thing as like publishers. I mean, there were there. You had like old like publishers and, and game magazines. They that weren't would pick powerhouses. Up games. Like if you're right, if you're talking about like uh, Project Red or, or like Bethesda now, like there was none of that. Like no, no, if you made no Zenimax, probably were doing it from your garage. Yeah. Yeah. No Zenimax, no 2K, no like Firaxis or anything like that. It was just a. Uh, uh, you know, just like a, yeah, a couple of people that were making the game they wanted to to make. You know, like this is a game I would want to play. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't think that's that's the my probability first computer we have. was a Commodore sixty four. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I do so that. <laughs> so yeah, it's just a, a very different sort of of a uh, of of I guess environment that these games were made. So I don't, I don't think, I don't think necessarily it's an interesting you brought that up, but I don't think they were even necessarily thinking about like how to reach an audience or thinking about it like a target audience or anything like that. I think they were just like, this would be a fun game I would play, and that's that's mm -hmm. ah, <laughs> goddamn it. See, uh, I'm playing right now as we're recording this, and um, it's just to show it to Steph and. Uh, I just accidentally fired at a barrel because my wand, I'm, I'm like pointing a little wand situation here, uh, was a bit lower. My, my wand was a little <laughs> bit lower than I would expect. And then I pressed fire and it exploded a barrel in front of me and took half my HP. And uh, because of that, I'm like so close to dying that it's not even funny. And uh, it could just end a run right now that we've been spent like all this time. But now that's the thing. Like that's how you make the game work for you after you have like these sorts of deaths which is like well starting net from now i'll pay more attention to where my actual one placement is instead of just looking at what mm -hmm. i'm shooting i'm gonna look i'm gonna look where my my little wand is in place in the game instead of just uh blindly shooting at the enemy so i feel like that's that's the the the, the thing i think like perhaps you would actually enjoy playing this game despite what you think because a lot of the deaths in this game, I've never... It's this game specific. I'm not going to say that's like common to all roguelikes. Some of them are really BS. Some of them are really annoying. Um, but this one in particular, mm -hmm. I have had very few times where I died in this game. Where I was like, oh, this is, this is like unfair. This shouldn't have happened. And instead of like almost all the times I die in this game, I'm, I'm thinking like... I could have avoided that if I, if I was playing a little bit smarter and you're like, okay, next mm -hmm. time I'll play a little bit smarter and it's going to work out in my favor. And that's like, uh, that's the right. difference because I, you're, I, I'm always like, I'm always like just thinking what could I have done differently? Yeah. And, and I mean, to be fair, when I made that comparison, I was talking about myself as a newer gamer. Now I would definitely enjoy something like mm -hmm. this because it's a lot easier for me to get into games that are a little bit more repetitive I guess, and where you have to like strategize a bit more. But when I first started playing video games, absolutely not. Like I was 100% an outdoors kid. <laughs> so anything that I didn't like understand right. within a few minutes, I was over it. I just wanted to go out and climb a tree. But now, yeah, definitely. I'd love to play this, especially after having watched you do it a couple times. Another point of roguelikes that has... Um, I think draws people in is not necessarily even the thought that you can be like become really good at the game or 
anything like that. I think a lot of what draws people in here is um is the fact that a lot of these roguelike games they are very very complex. And I feel like even if you don't like complexity, the complexity in these games are things that really make you get in touch with the game. Uh, point in case, even if you weren't a, a person that uh, played video games, a lot of people have played around with uh, the little sand simulator, like sand simulator on, on the internet. Like you, you have like a little pixels and each pixel, like it's its own little thing, you know? Uh, and you can, you know, like... Uh, you can draw like you know it's uh it's a sim simulator thing so you drop a bunch of sand and then you can drop like pixels of fire around the sand and then like you see like the little pixels of sand will turn like crystalline and it will become glass pixels because each pixel is like has its own code and it would do that and that's interesting and a lot of people played with that and it would be like oh you know like oh what if i mix sand with water pixels and you see like they would become brown and turn into mud and like it was it was very pointless but it was like a very interesting oh little alchemy yeah, I had that downloaded on my phone for a while, actually. Yeah, Little Alchemy. That's the name yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, so... And I literally found it because my daughter made me download it for her on her, <laughs> I don't know, her phone or her iPad or something. And she was like, she was sitting next to me and she kept doing all these little things and like creating stuff. And she was like, mommy, what should I do next? And I was like, mm, what the hell mm -hmm. are you talking about? So I looked at her phone and I was like, this is interesting. Of course, my ADHD brain just went overdrive. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. So I spent a lot more time on that than I should have and had to eventually delete it from my phone because I was like, I'm not getting anything done trying to create <laughs> new things here. Well, yeah, but that's like the the interesting thing with the, these uh, this game's particular Noida is because the whole game engine is built around that, that little simulation thing. So uh, you you end up you end up like spending a lot of time. You end up spending a lot of time just doing exactly that. So even if you don't enjoy games that are like super technical in aspect, there's something in your mind that you want to do because you want to like, what if, you know, what would happen if I, mm -hmm. if case in point, for example, I have a bottle here of slime and slime is considered like a viscous liquid and you can drop here in the water and, uh, Dropping slime in the water turns the slime into little mushroom fellas, you know. <laughs> so, like it's, it's like that sort of like intensity or like our I guess like complexity that uh, gets people. It's like that's the sort of complexity that gets people interested in games like these. It's just because uh, I have that a lot. Just because this game, you have so many different spells to do so many different things. You're just kind of like wondering, like, hey, could I? Would that even work? Can I try doing that? And most of the times, yeah, it would actually work. Like, I'm going to break these chains here, and down goes the wagon. So there's, like, a, a lot of uh, interesting, like, physics stuff. Like, I know this uh, wood stuff is going to burn away because there's fire there now. And if you get on fire, you need to find water. Like... It's one of those things that is just like on the sheer novelty of it, I think like draws a lot of people. And even with like older roguelikes, like especially with, you know, games like Rogue, it would still draw people in because they're like, Rogue was one of those games that was like uh, notorious for being super specific with how you did things. So it was like, mm -hmm. you had to be mindful of how much you're carrying, where you're carrying that stuff. It's like, you can't just hold a bunch of inventory, you need a backpack. And, you know, how wide 
and how long is your backpack because even if it's a big backpack like you can't carry a sword in a backpack you know like that's there's no way you're gonna need a scabbard with like a leather strap so stuff like that is like interesting because even if you have no idea on how to play games you're just like man there's like a level of of like attention to detail that i think can draw in a lot of people I think that that's very much a um, sign of how your brain works. And I feel like I've said this before and will probably say it a thousand more times is one of the things that I admire the most about you is the fact that you can look at something like this and you can appreciate the ways that it falls into the way that you think about things because you tend to do that. Like, if you were playing a game and somebody put oil in the water and then threw a fireball at it and it didn't catch fire, you would be the first person to call <laughs> bullshit on that. Well, yeah, because it's just... Uh... Whereas somebody like me who looks at games is like, well, I'm in a fantasy world right now, so maybe oil doesn't catch fire or something. <laughs> like, there's always something in the back of my brain that's like, this can be explained away. We'll think about it later. But with you, with um, things like that that fall into line the way that they should, I can see where this would be very relaxing for you. <laughs> I really can. Is this because it always a, a thing of, of like trying to find the next like thing that you can do that would be interesting? For example, one of the perks in this game, which are, is very interesting, is a perk that makes your character uh, electric. So they're, they're, they're just... Uh, pass electricity for their body at every single surface that they touch so in a in a level like this that mm -hmm. we're playing right now it doesn't really make a whole lot of difference because we are in like a mind situation but once you get to the further levels where you're like in a vault and like everything is made of metal that has potential to be amazing because you know like every enemy so like if, when you're in like in a level that has like metal surroundings any enemy that steps on metal is going to uh get electrified and instantly die which is really good because mm -hmm. when you're electric, you become, when you pick that perk, you become immune to electricity. Or if you drop in water and enemies drop in water with you, they'll also get electrified and die. So it's really good. But at the same time, electricity triggers explosives. So like if you step mm -hmm. on a, if you step like on a metal floor and there's like bombs everywhere, you're immediately going to get blown up, <laughs> which is not good. Yeah. That's like, uh, so there's like, I was just thinking like, okay, what if I pick that perk and I also pick the perk that makes me immune to explosions? Ah, that would be really cool. I guess that would like <laughs> negate pretty much everything. Or better yet, what if I pick the perk that makes me electric and then I can get a wand that drops like a bunch of water around me? So that way, as soon as like I get into contact with an enemy, I can just make water around me and I'll electrify everyone. And there's like so many of those like little things you can do that like helps uh, like just make you every single run kind of unique because yeah, it's like that would work. Like I would have to be extremely lucky to have the perk and also get like the spell that gets watered down. So, but when that happens, I'm sure that's going to be really cool. It hasn't happened yet, but now I'm already thinking about it. How cool <laughs> it would be when that happened. Um, and like the more I play, the more I get into situations where I start seeing those uh, things happen in a game where I'm just thinking like, man, it would be really cool if I got this, this and that. And I just think about it for like a little bit, little while. But then eventually it happens and I have, oh, my God, I have the things I was I was thinking about. That's great. <laughs> it's one of those types you know, of games where I, um, I can't stop thinking about like as I'm like doing anything else 
with my day, I'm just thinking like, well, but what if I did this? But what if what if I got lucky and got this instead? You must be a nightmare to DM for on tabletops. Yeah, no, I'm very forgiving. Like I said, I understand why games <laughs> would do that. So, like, it doesn't like I'll I'll I won't call it out. I'll notice stuff that doesn't make sense, but I'll call it out because you know, like, it's entertainment. Some stuff has have doesn't really have a reason to like be the way that it is. Um, no, I know. I just just listening to that explanation. Like we've joked before about you being able to min max like anything, and just listening to your whole explanation on that, I was like, "Yep, there it is." <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what gives you that power uh, right there. Is do you know, the fact okay, that those, so, the that thought process is always in motion. So here's what have here's an, an interesting little anecdote of like how this game plays with your mind, or how roguelikes play with your mind. I feel like. So this is a chest. This is a treasure chest. This game uh -huh. has a feature that I very much do not enjoy, but I appreciate. I went to one <laughs> chest once, and I pressed the interact button, and then the chest opened its jaws, and there were a bunch of spiky teeth, and it ate me to death. So there were mimics. It was a mimic. It was a mimic. However, what I did notice <laughs> after I died was the fact that there was a little... So you notice in my character, there's like a little blood drop on top of my character's head. That means my character yes. is stained. So this game has a, a feature that is like stains and such. So if you're stained by a particular like uh, pixel, your character will have modifiers. So if you're, you know, for example, stained by oil, you catch fire easier and fire is harder to put out. And if you're stained by water, you get, you know, extra electricity damage, but you won't catch on fire, so on and so forth. The mimic had a stain. Only living creatures in this game can have this little thing. So after that, I died and I noticed, ah, okay, so mimics can get stains because they're living creatures. So next thing I do, I come to the next treasure chest. I, I have a bottle of water and I started dousing water on the chest. No stains. I'm like, cool. And then I opened the treasure chest and there was a, a stone of electricity, which drops to the floor, electrifies me and kills me. <laughs> which made me realize that okay you can't outrun a mimic well more that you can figure out how to deal with one mechanic but that doesn't make you immune to the other next mechanic you're about to figure out so now i know that even if i put a stain on the thing and it doesn't get stained i probably should open it and just back away as quickly as i can so i don't get electrocuted so like that's what I love about I these types of games. I think that's good life advice. Oh yeah. So that's what I love about these sorts of games. It's just that I'm always learning something with it. In particular, this game um, is interesting mostly because of all the the different spells, and they really do make I would say amazing uh, use out of the the whole like pixel system. I feel like it's like a really unique take on. I don't think there's any game that uses. Lemmings, maybe. Like the really, really old game. I don't know if you've ever seen it, Lemmings. Um, I don't, I feel like I've heard you or oh, maybe yeah. someone else talk about it before, but I never played it. So it was a, it was a very popular game. Uh, Lemmings was a game where you have like a troop of little dudes, little, little, little cute dudes, uh, that start dropping down from the ceiling. And you need to get them to the uh, opposite end of the map. 
And usually there's a lot of pitfalls and much like lemmings, they're very keen on uh, dropping themselves <laughs> out of like really high cliffs. Nice. For no particular reason. So you have to like, for example, you have like 60 lemmings that you need to get across to the, the next map, right? And you can give jobs to lemmings. So you give a job to a lemming that says stop. So he holds up his hand and stops in place. And every lemming behind him stops walking and starts walking to the other direction. And then you can give the job to the other lemming to like lay downstairs. And he'll like very slowly start laying downstairs so you can get like over pits and stuff. And the lemming won't stop laying down like stair like stairs until he runs out of stairs. So you have to keep that in mind too. So it's just a... Uh, it's it's a very interesting management game that leads to a lot of anxiety, but it's uh, it's very cutesy. And I, <laughs> I, I really I really really liked it, um, but I think that that used this this sort of system of um, of like pixels and stuff. Um, but yeah, aside from that, I can't really think of other games that that used it to this effect because you have games that have this sort of system but they don't really do much with it. It's just kind of like in the back, you know, like, uh, like, oh, it's interesting. Like, Worms yeah. has, has a little bit of it. Um, but this one really is like, you really have to think about it, like what you're doing and where you're firing stuff and what your spells do. Like I said, like uh, the most common thing that happened with me on this game is have being on that little safe room and try testing out new spells. And I kill myself testing out new spells because I don't know how they function. And then I'm like, oh, okay, so this this is a this is a spell of explosion. So when I say spell of explosion, you imagine like a fireball, like you know, like it, like the spell just uh, it's just a huge explosion that flies across the air, right? No, it just literally explodes mm -hmm. the wand, and you die. Wow. Um, turns out you need a different spell, which is a trigger spell that is like a, a boat. Uh, it can be like any spell can have a trigger, but usually it's like a boat spell. And it will like fly across the screen, and once you reach like its destination, it will trigger the next spell on the wand, and then it can trigger the explosion, which uh, will explode where the boat lands. So like a lot of thinking that is a lot. <laughs> yeah, a lot of thinking, but you don't know that when you get the game, do you? So you just uh, get oh explosion, cool, and you buy it, and you put it in your wand, and you go out to like kill an enemy, and then you just instantly die, and then you learn. Yeah. Sounds super fun. You've really sold me on this game. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> the explosion spell is so powerful, though. Wouldn't it be cool if you're like, now that you know the title works, wouldn't it be cool if you got like a, a, a wand that has one of those trigger spells and it can just go around blowing up people? That'd be so cool. Like having like a, a, a rocket launcher with infinite ammo and a game about wizards and stuff. So that sounds like really cool. So you're like, man, next round yeah. I'm totally going to get that. And I, now I know how to, to use it without killing myself. <laughs> so it's going to be super <laughs> fun. Allegedly. 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 Um, yeah, so see, yeah. this one has trigger spells. And look at all these numbers. Oh, Noida is great with numbers. Like, I love it for that effect. <laughs> like, oh, it's like so many numbers to spend hours and hours looking upon. So exciting. Yeah. Uh, Super fun. Um, I'm not like <laughs> you and Lila, unfortunately, so numbers don't excite me that much, but I'm happy you guys are happy. Uh, but it's, it's an interesting... And then I spent an uncomfortably long time explaining wand mechanics and numbers to staff, which made her incredibly bored and audibly groan. So I'll spare you guys that. All right, back to the show. That's, uh, that's the, the hard part of like getting to recommend um roguelikes to people 
is just because it's daunting <laughs> to a lot of them because yeah. there's a lot to, to to sink your teeth in. Yeah, and it comes back down to like that whole thing of once again, why do you play video games? If if you get a kick out of like having to think out every single part, yeah, that's this would definitely be the game for you. But if you're someone like me who's just like, no, I just want to blow up shit, maybe, maybe not, not the game. game. Yeah. Uh, I feel like a lot of roguelikes are are in the same manner. Although this one I would definitely play if I was in a mood. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, it's a is a really good find early on the game, and that's really what roguelikes are all about. It's like you just you just get lucky. And then you have a run that's really good, and then you die for no reason. And you're like, man, I was so close and I was really lucky. But you know what? Next time. Next time is going to be much, much better, much e much easier. Because if I got this far and all that killed me was a, a, an unfortunate mistake, it means that next time it'll be, I'll be really, I'll be set to go. Because this, the unfortunate mistake is not going to happen again. And then you have a different fortunate mistake happen. <laughs> a different type of unfortunate mistake happen to you. I feel like, I was about to say, I feel like you're uh, making this a lot more calm than you usually are after you've played this game. Um, in which case, you usually pop in and are like, I just got done yelling at Noita again. <laughs> to be fair, it's uh, I don't really yell as much as I just go like, what? Mm -hmm. You know, kind of like... <laughs> Like I'm not yelling. Shake your fist. Just a, yeah, exactly. It's just a more of like, because I understand it's that type of game, but I'm I'm still very consigned. I guess is the word. I'm just like I just I just don't just don't agree with it. Just don't agree with any of it. Yeah. <laughs> just I just uh I for okay. See, this is why you should you read what it does. So the fire boat, uh, I just noticed now that I'm thinking about it, had a horizontal path. So it went forward and then backwards. So it hit those enemies and then it went straight back to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. And it kind of just do that again and again. However, hey, you know what? This is a good, this is a good, great, great time to start talking about different roguelikes because uh, I feel like, I feel like uh, roguelikes deserve... Uh, more widespread knowledge. Uh, like the other game I was playing and showed to you, uh, Spelunky, Spelunky 2. Mm -hmm. Which is pretty much a very similar game. Nothing really changes except everything. It's a game where enemy positioning change and items change, but you really don't get to keep anything from one run to the next. And this is just a huge laser that not gonna stop, is it? Okay, I think it's safe. It's not safe. Which is good because I wanted to restart anyway. Because you start with different potions and staffs every time you die, so sometimes you get really bad staffs like this one. It's just a little little green piss ball. <laughs> Does no damage. I just hate it so much. Ah, uh, those piss balls. They're always the worst. They really are. This is like the, the equivalent of magic missiles and, and Pathfinder. It's like uh, 
You need to, <laughs> if you need to make an excuse that you're doing something as a wizard, you just say you're doing magic missiles, knowing full well that it's 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 not worth even the time allocation to to cast it. Well, I haven't gotten to play a Pathfinder game with you yet, so I don't know. Haven't you? I thought I, I thought we played a Pathfinder game at some point. No, ma'am. I played one and I had you um, help me out with a character, but that only lasted for like oh, yeah. two sessions before our GM just dropped off into nowhere. That was very common, unfortunately. Understandable. From what I went through just creating a character, it's a very complicated game. You see, I just picked up your potion. I did. I can drink Give it, it the respect it deserves now. You drink too much. Aiming is disturbed. Cause ingesting whiskey. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm you know very what? inaccurate. I feel personally attacked by this game. And is I it wrong, though? I appreciate it right now. No. I, just drank, I just drank like almost like 300 milliliters. Like this is like a full like, uh, like uh, Pepsi can worth of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a yeah, lot. Yeah, I feel like my aim would definitely be off. Uh, but yeah, Spelunky. We we're talking about Spelunky. And you know what, what happens with Spelunky a lot? Uh, here, I'm gonna switch over so uh, we can play some Spelunky. But you know what happens with Spelunky a lot? People get um, really comfortable with Spelunky because it looks so cute and adorable. But this game is mean. Mm -hmm. This game is like probably one of the meanest games I've ever, ever played in my life. Because it follows the same set of rules of like, you're going to die by something that is most likely not entirely your fault. I mean, it is your fault, but it's it shouldn't really be your fault when you really think about it. I feel like I went through that when um, Becky had me play Fall Guys with her. Oh. Super fun game. And I loved that experience of, of course, getting to play with my friend. But my God, was that game frustrating. That's different though, because that's like that's almost always like other people like, uh, like you know, heckling you, right? Well, I mean, I, it's not like I had the sound turned on or anything. I literally was just on chat with her, and we were bullying everyone, <laughs> you know, where they couldn't hear us as we do. Um, so, um, but yeah, like Fall Guys, people are always pushing you and bumping into you and jumping around you. Like this game is roughly similar, mm -hmm. but like you know, that's that's what I hate about roguelikes, um, in a way is that it really never is your fault except that it is, you know? And I feel like that's what makes me want to play them more and more <laughs> because it's like, it, this is one of those games that is like, you know, that like, eh, if I paid a little bit more attention, I would be able to like not have died a stupid death like I just did. But, oh God, there's just, you're just, you're just stuck with thinking like, man, that was, that was very unfair. But it's like, it's, was it really, though? I think a lot to do with that, though, is just your thought process. Yeah, exactly, though. If I die in a game, my first thought is never it was something I did. I always <laughs> assume the computer was cheating. And I think that that's why you like roguelikes, because you know the computer wasn't cheating. Like, you have a much more logical brain than I do. So your first <laughs> thought is, what can I do to make that not happen in the future? Whereas my first thought is, how can I seek vengeance on this entirely based of code form of media <laughs> that i'm consuming right now that's yeah. me but i'm I, going to seek vengeance on it and i'm going to fuck its cousin somehow like I, there's no 
rhyme or reason to my thought process. So did you see what just happened in Spelunky right now? I was way up there and I was like, I wanted to find a way to... It was very interesting. Oh, but that's that's the thing. It's like, it wasn't really my fault, but it kind of was. I, like, I slipped, but it was just like, it was just so unlike... I guess the word is just like, you know, this is like, it was too violent for a very minor mistake. Like, I just slid off the ledge and it took away, like, you know, all of my HP. And it's just like, ah, oh, was that really necessary? Come on. And the answer is, yeah, because you, you kind of, you kind of screwed up. Yeah. And uh, I like. Quit fucking up and we'll quit taking away your HP. Yeah, and and honestly, I kind of don't have a problem with that sort of approach because it is an approach that really, um, when you when you think about it, it just makes sense. It's like the player did something bad, therefore something bad happened. Simple, right? <laughs> it's very straightforward, and uh, a lot of games uh, kind of uh, I think pamper you too much with stuff like that because there's just like you know. Oh, you did a little mistake, you gamer, but that's fine. Everyone makes mistakes. And my whole thought process with you having that rant right now is, tell me you're a Pathfinder GM without telling me you're a Pathfinder GM. <laughs> that's, yeah, you know, it's not wrong about that. A lot of people would like to uh, make the assumption, assumption, the... They would they would say that games are like D and D games or other, other like tabletop games like that would could be considered roguelikes. Uh, a notion that I think I I disagree. Um, mostly on the basis I have to disagree also. Yeah, mostly on the basis that it really depends on what kind of DM you're running. I feel like if you're running uh, like a pre-made like campaign with a very creative DM, I feel like that could work, but uh, most often not. It's like, you know, it's a, it's a tailored adventure for your party. And whether the DM wants you to know it or not, they, 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 most of the times they think about how, what that means for, for like, you know, the rest of the team, your story together um, and all that stuff. Whereas video games, like I said, it's just a line of code. They legitimately don't even have anything to draw mm -hmm. from. Just a, uh, I really don't have a lot of upper body strength. Oh, my dog is alive! Now I'm dead. Mm -hmm. Damn. It's like, I can't even blame the game. It was like so stupid. I jumped on top of like a, like 500 enemies on top of each other. Like, why did I do that stuff? It's like the questions roguelikes make you ask yourself. I think in these situations, at least, you can always just blame it on me. <laughs> why you can always just say to yourself self we were trying to show stuff how this worked and look we got effed by doing it just be glad to know that I don't do things like that because I take full responsibility for my shitty playing <laughs> well that's a secret like roguelikes you get better the more you play so I'm like you've you've only seen good runs uh, when I talk about it, you know, it's like, uh, it's one of the situations you don't get to see very often the times I fail, but when I'm streaming for you, you get to see all the times I fail. But naturally, I don't, I tend not to show you all the times I fail. Well, for better or worse, uh, roguelikes are here to stay, I think. So I, I, I think the best course of action is to just get 
used to that being a main genre of games they were playing or main subgenre. So yeah, I, I don't hate them. Um, and I, I kind of really do like this this idea, this design, because it does add a lot of replayability to to games. So those are my uh, closing thoughts about it. If you like the episode, consider subscribing to our Twitter as well as to the newsletter. Make sure you get new episodes. And I think that's that. Thank you for hanging out with us.